Hello, everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of VR in Education. In today's episode, we have a chance to get some perspective and insight from Jordan Williams, co-founder of Springboard VR. Springboard VR is a content distribution solution for entertainment, and they're also looking to get into education and enterprise sectors. Welcome to the show, Jordan. Hey, thanks, Craig. Happy to be here. So everyone has kind of a, an origin story in regards to how they got interested or excited, or in your case, into the business of VR. Can you tell our listeners how that happened for you? Yeah, for sure. So so Springboard VR is made up of three co-founders, and uh, one of those, Will Stackable, uh, always had the latest gadgets. So he had one of the, very, you know, HTC Vive when it very first came out. He invited myself and Brad, the other co-founder over. Um, and it was, you know, I, like with anyone who tries on a VR headset, you you put it on for the very first time and you just have this wow moment. That's, that's what happened to us. Uh, and, and Brad kind of very quickly, kind of overnight had the idea of, man, we're not content creators, but we've got to get into this space somehow. So, Maybe we should just sell the experience. So we basically bought 10 HTC Vives, uh, rented out some space in a mall. And, and a month later, we opened up one of the very first VR arcades in uh, Oklahoma City. After that, um, as we were looking into what it takes to operate and manage an arcade, we quickly realized that there was a massive need for software that didn't exist. So that's a little bit my background. So I kind of started looking into what it might take to do that. Found a developer who built something super basic for us. Was really all the software did was kind of help us man remotely manage uh, the headsets, uh, put timers on the headsets, um, uh, allow the user to to manage their entire experience by themselves. So launching into multiple different games and and all that without having to deal with Steam or without having uh, the need for the arcade operator to help the customer, basically. And so anyway, we built that for ourselves with this idea in our head that maybe other people might be interested in it. I started calling the, the, the handful of other arcades around the world that existed at the time and just asked, hey, you've got this software. Do you want to try it? See if you like it. Um, and so... It was a month or two after that that we realized, okay, there's a massive need here for this software. And that at that point is when we fully committed to, to focusing on the software company. Um, so we, we pretty much dropped the arcade and, and, and started building out the software company. So that's our story. Cool. When, when you read online, which I have in different sort of sections and avenues, uh, some people dub you guys the Netflix of VR do you like that label? Or are you happy with what some people coin you guys as? Yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, you know, I think it's certainly where we want to go. Um, I, I, I wouldn't, I don't feel comfortable, you know, calling myself or calling this company, the Netflix of VR quite yet. Um, uh, that's, that's, that is generally how I like to explain it to people, especially family and friends or, Hey, what do you do? The, the quickest way is, Hey, kind of just imagine Netflix for VR. That's the direction our company is headed for sure. Uh, we're focusing a lot more on the content distribution side of things and, and 
working with all the best content creators and creating that marketplace that that makes the the world's best content available to everyone everywhere. Um, and so it's definitely on the path with, with where we're at at the moment. Uh, since we're especially since we're not really working with the directly with the consumers. Um, yeah, I guess that's the path for us, but not quite there yet. I would say. It's definitely been a successful, a successful business model. If you think of other kind of genres of entertainment, Spotify comes to mind and look how well Spotify is doing in regards to the music content distribution. So it's a, it's a neat niche to be in. Yes, it is. It is. Uh, speaking of content, so Springboard VR started out providing content for more the entertainment side, so especially the the gaming and gamers. But now you're moving to add to your repertoire an educational and an enterprise sector. Why did you guys feel like you were these were two important areas that you needed to expand to? For sure. Well, you know, I, our mission really is to make available the best VR content to everyone, everywhere. Um, and so to us, as we really started to see a bunch of educational content, training content start to, to be more popular, um, we wanted to look into, okay, well, what does it look like to support that type of content? You know, um, and, and really the, the cool thing about our software, I don't, know, I don't know if it's cool or not, just it is what it is, is that the, the two foundational things that, that our software does in managing the devices and managing the content and the content licensing, uh, both educational institutions and organizations, corporations, uh, need those those tools to manage VR devices at scale. Um, and so for us to transition into serving those markets, it, it wasn't a question of, well, do we have all the management that they need? It was more, well, do we have the content that they need? And so that's that's what really began our path into exploring uh, what does it look like to get that content? And, and then beyond that, is there something else that they need beyond the content? Um, and so there's, there's definitely some stuff there uh, with, with educational content and enterprise, whether it be curriculum or LMS or those sorts of things. But um, yeah. Cool. And, you know, whenever we get into new territory per se, there's always a learning curve. So you guys have mastered the the entertainment or the gaming industry and, and learned a lot about that type of customer. As you dive into these new customers, i.e. educators and then corporations, i.e. enterprise, what are some things you're learning about these new clients that you're trying to serve? Yeah, it's a good question. I, well, with with education, uh, what we've realized is they care a lot about the curriculum and the efficacy. And uh, but at the same time, there's there's a large number of of educators who are just saying, "Hey, I, I just want to I want a new experience for my students. I'm okay with them just kind of playing games and having fun." Um, and some of those uh, say, "Well, before I even introduce educational content, I've got to get." my school and my students bought into the idea that that VR is fun or cool or, or something that I want to interact with. And so that's how they start. Uh, but ultimately, uh, 
VR and education is is a lot about is going to be a lot about efficacy, the learning outcomes. Is this a, is this a new medium to to teach students? Do I supplement my learning? Does do I replace the curriculum? I think a lot of those questions uh, kind of still remain to be seen. I'm seeing a lot of really great examples of teachers and institutions supplementing the learning experience with VR at the moment. And there's certainly a, a enough educational content available to, to really start doing that. You know, when I reached out to you, because I saw your podcast and just wanted to ask you some questions about educational content, I learned a ton about how you're using that content and, and what you deem as educational content. Um, you know, I was I I was personally looking at educational content from a standpoint of, well, you learn you know chemistry VR content or a, a physiology VR content, and and your approach, which I just love now that that I've I've learned your perspective is, you're finding all sorts of potential learning outcomes with traditional gaming content um, that yeah, and I so I think that you know. That's why it's been a bit of a slow startup for VR and education is because, you know, for the longest time, there seemed to be sort of this uh, disconnect by parents in regards to when they hear the word game and gaming that they don't associate learning with gaming. You know, lots of kids absolutely do they spend a lot of time in their room playing maybe uh, first-person shooter type games, possibly. But, you know, there's a whole genre of games that have immense uh, educational merit. And so breaking those barriers and and trying to re-educate parents and then others for that matter that, you know, edu games are actually hugely successful when it comes to meeting uh, 21st century learning outcomes. So uh, thanks for that comment. Yeah, absolutely. And and to tack on to your question just about what is what are some of the differences? I mean, really it it all it 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 is sorry, it comes down all to the learning outcome. Um, even for enterprise as well. That's that's what they're interested in is um, is is this training, is this content Edu- you know, am I teaching them something or is this something that, you know, even for enterprise, one of the most common methods to train employees is PowerPoint. Um, well, it kind of depends on the field, but in some of the fields that we're starting to interact with, PowerPoint is, seems to be the common method for, for teaching and training employees. And so for us to see the opportunity of working with content creators who, who, where you go from PowerPoint learning to inside an immersive environment and, and learning these things that potentially could be harmful or dangerous or uh, very resource intensive or costly otherwise to do in real life. It's, it's really cool to see, you know, VR be a new medium and a new alternative for, for these institutions and organizations. Yes. Exciting times. Uh, so like many technologies, and I'm coming more from uh, the classroom or the school background. Some of them enter schools or they enter education. They get this huge hype, but then sadly they 
you know, they die out by the way of the dodo bird, so to speak. They, they're these, we call them the shiny new toy that just collects dust. How do, yeah. how do we prevent uh, immersive VR from being the next sort of dodo bird in the classroom? Yeah, it's a great question. I think there's a, there's a probably a lot of different ways to answer this question. Um, I'll I'll answer with just kind of what's on my mind when you when you ask that, and um, you know, because my mom is an educator as well, and she's kind of had the same sentiment when I started talking to her about VR. Uh, well, that's cool. Is it going to just be another gadget or another thing that you know schools buy, but then it sits on the shelf forever? How you how are you actually going to make sure students use it? And you know, to me, if if I could put on a VR headset on every educator in the world mm. <laughs> and just let them experience VR for thirty seconds, that to me would solve that problem because. I still think so many educators have yet to try VR and you cannot explain what VR is until you've tried it. And to me, you know, I, sure there's, there's more that we can do and, and, but, but just simply getting them to try it and engage with it and letting them see the power of it. Um, that's, that's a huge step uh, because I, I can, I can convince you know, a principal at a school, hey, you should do VR. But un unless the teachers are actually bought into this idea, the ones who are going to be having the choice to use it or not, um, well, then there's still going to be huge question marks. But, and, you know, I don't know if you're setting up a, a plug for me here, but I'll, I'll, I'll take the opportunity anyway. <laughs> you know, we, we've been uh, working really closely with a bunch of institutions, um, over the past nine to 12 months, really learning, digging in and understanding how educators are attempting to use VR. And in collaboration with the University of Oklahoma, um, we've, we've, they, they are very forward thinking and they've got VR running on three, four, five different campuses um, there in Norman, Oklahoma. And it's, it's really cool to, to have an opportunity to learn from them and how they're deploying VR and so what, what we've done is we've put together a 30-day implementation guide um, all the way from what hardware do I get, how do I set up the hardware, to uh, introducing teachers and professors to VR, to then introducing the students, to then reporting that to the key stakeholders in, in your institution to, to prove that, hey, this is something that's, that's worth keeping around. Um, but a big part of that is is making sure that that technology doesn't just end up sitting on the shelf, that you do find very specific use, uses and needs for that, for that content um, and, and, give, and, and give those teachers and students reasons to, to come back and interact with it some more. But uh, anyways, that, that, that was my long answer again. The short answer is let's just get VR headsets on as many teachers and students as we can. And I, I don't think that... Uh, We'll have any issues of, of, of keeping them coming back if we can do that. Wow. You know, you just set sort of the plug for me. I know you shared your origin story and mine was similar to what you just said. And that was, you know, I was in a mall walking through with my son and he wanted to try it a couple of years ago. And so he tried it and he was so adamant. He's like, dad, dad, you got to put this on. You got to check this out. And I was skeptical, but 
just like you talked about. Once once I put the headset on, I was like, wow, like this is so real and immersive. You know, and I was convinced that I was in the environment. It was the lab that I played in. You know, the right. the crossbow had haptics, so it felt like it was literally in my hand. You know, talking about the the 30 day plan, uh, I'll support your plug and say, let's say some of the listeners are interested in, in just browsing the 30 day plan. How would they go about even accessing or looking at it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, so our website is springboardvr.com. I think the, the direct URL would be springboardvr.com slash edu. Um, But if not, just go to the website and we, we will have a, an educational thing that you button you can click on takes us that'll take you to the educational page of our website. And there uh, you'll have access to, to download that, that 30 day plan. So yeah, would love for anyone to check it out. Even if, you know, I'll, I'll preface and say we're, we're not academics springboard VR as a company, but we've tried to surround ourselves with academics as much as we can and experts in the field as much as we can to make sure that this is a guide that's worth reading and taking a look at. You know, we've, we also built it in collaboration with HP as well, but, uh, and and a number of universities around the country that have helped us kind of put together the content in inside that guide. So we would definitely love anyone to check it out and even just, just to give us feedback on, Hey, was this helpful or not? And if not, why not? We'd love to, to know and understand because ultimately we really believe uh, that VR can can have a major impact in uh, education, and and we'd love to see the technology adopted as as much as we can in in education. So, Con- yeah. content is kind of messy right now in VR, and I know this because I've worked at a couple schools now, launching VR labs and getting students and teachers into VR, and even some of the people I talk to on social media. You know, they have their sort of different ways that they access content. Some some just use Steam, others try and browse Viveport. So it's a bit of it's a bit of a mess. And you know, even me as an educator, if if I see someone recommend a, you know, something that might be educational related, you know, I'm looking everywhere. So how, how can how does Springboard feel they can fix that situation? Yeah. So, I mean, we are, we're, we're, uh, we're on the hunt for all the best VR educational content. Um, but, uh, we also don't just onboard any and all content, you know, steam their, their methodology there is they're going to bring on whatever content and it doesn't matter what kind of content, the con, you know, what's inside the content, uh, is it good or not? Is the quality up to par? So we actually have quite a rigorous process that we we vet all the content that we look at and make sure that it is kind of up to standard and up to par. That sort of that piece of the of the equation is still being built out on the educational side, but um, you know we've got guys that are looking for all the best educational VR content um, and and talking with those content creators, but. Yeah, I mean that is one of that is a, a core mission of our company is 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 putting together a marketplace, uh, a curated marketplace of of all the best VR content out there, including educational. Um, and so you you should be able to go to our our marketplace page and and filter by um, educational content. So 
Yeah, cool. And and that's changing in the future. You're you're doing a relaunch, I believe, on what that's going to look like. Correct? Yes, we are. Um, we are. I don't don't exactly have timeline for that. I think. I mean, it should be pretty soon. Should be pretty soon. Um, and with a lot of a lot of our educational content, we'll have sort of uh, companion companion um, guides with them to kind of show you what's how, how you can introduce different types of con- or different educational content to students and what's the appropriate age groups and um, some lesson examples and and those sorts of things. So. It's it's something that I haven't seen any other platform do, and 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 again, our our approach and our caveat is, hey, we're not academics, but we're surrounding ourselves with those types that can really help us put together some of those things to really help introduce the concept of VR and 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 equip teachers and educators with just a little bit of uh, of a guide there to give them an idea of how to best use some content. And then we believe what that will do is it'll be a catalyst for these educators to then say, okay, now I've got my feet wet a little bit. Now I kind of have an idea of how this content can be used practically with my students. Um, you know, teachers are good. Teachers are great. Um, you know, thinking about how can I best teach my students and how can I best u- utilize different mediums to teach my students. And so, um, we think that there's going to be a ton of really great curriculum or, or, or lesson plans or guides that, that teachers are going to come up with on their own um, after kind of getting their, their feet wet in, in some VR content. So, Awesome. Uh, as we close out, you've alluded a bit to this, but what are some short and then maybe even long-term goals for Springboard VR moving forward? Yeah. Uh, I mean, short term is we feel like 2020 is going to be a big year for, for education or the adoption of VR and education. Um, and we want to help as much as we can to make that a reality. Um, and so, yeah, like I said, we're going to release that 30 day guide and, and hope that that, that does help some institutions get up and running with VR and, and let's start introducing some students to, uh, to learning in VR. Um, you know, long-term goals, gosh, that's a good question. Um, certainly have some, (laughs) just trying to think of what might be relevant to share on the show. Um, you might not be able to share this, but I know just personally, again, uh, I'm excited about, you know, with the launch of the quest about standalone VR and, you know, I see that also as having a place in schools along with, you know, tethered VR. Uh, any thoughts on, you know, long-term associated goals with standalone VR? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, I mean, I have questions myself of just how, how much longer is PC VR going to be a thing? Um, I think probably for a little while longer, it will. There will always be better content available on on. Uh, PC powered VR, yes. but, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm very excited about the idea of, of standalone or, or wireless headsets like the, like the quest. Um, I think with the hardware price, with just making that much more accessible to students, um, 
I think it's going to be a massive catalyst. And so, yeah, we're definitely looking to support those types of devices from a management standpoint, as well as as being able to have a marketplace and, and content market. Yeah, content marketplace for those devices as well. So, um, yeah, that's definitely something I'm, I'm excited about over the next you know few years. Thanks, every or thanks for taking the time to talk to everyone. If people wanted to get a hold of you, Jordan, to either ask questions, continue the conversation, or you know, learn more about Springboard VR, how do they do that again? Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you go to springboardvr.com, uh, we definitely have contact forms there. We have uh, ways to get in contact with us. Um, I don't really do social media, so I'm not on social media, but uh, um yeah, I mean, we, we'd love to, to chat with you if you're an educator, if you're thinking about getting into VR, if you have questions, or if you want to collaborate. We're, we're, still, we're still definitely in the collaboration state and wanting to do what's best for this industry. So if you have an idea, if you have a product or something that you want to share with us, uh, let's talk. So reach out to us. and, and uh, yeah, Wonderful. Thanks again for being on the show today. Yeah, Craig, very much appreciate it. And um, Talk to you soon. Sounds great. Bye for now.